Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hey there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition, a live edition of the Solar Panel. As always, I'm your host, Dave King. Thanks for coming by. Solar Panel, you know, it's always free. It's always fresh and is presented by the Basketball Podcast Network. For those of you joining us on YouTube, do me a big favor and hit that thumbs up button. It helps us with those algorithms and all that stuff when it's uh, on suggested videos to watch later in the week. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, because this will be recorded on audio, leave me a five-star review or any kind of review that you think I deserve. I appreciate that. Today, we got a big guest. We got a special guest. Really important to me. Really good guy. I've been following for years on Twitter. Cody Hunt, welcome to the show, man. How are we doing, Dave? Doing great, doing great. Um, you might remember, you probably know Cody from Twitter. Uh, you might remember him best from when he got into Twitter jail for impersonating a celebrity. <laughs> Who was that again? Ryan Felipe, my arch nemesis. Oh my God, Ryan Felipe. That's right, man. I, You know, that guy was recently on a show... Um, What's it called? Big Sky. It's set Big in Sky. Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Died in the first the show? episode. Died in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect role for Ryan Felipe. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get this show started, folks. Uh, welcome to the show. I appreciate you all checking us out. This, uh, you know, we got training camp coming up in a, in two days. Media day on Monday and then training camp on Tuesday. Today, we're going to be focused on different Suns topics. It's still the off-season, so we're still going to wrap up some off-season things and some non-hey, what happened last night kind of things. But definitely, I want to make sure we talk about training camp. We have Dwayne Rankin joining us later in that section of the show. Um, but I do want to go over the latest news, the things that happened this week, latest news that happened in, in Suns land uh, this past week. Cody, did you check out the uh, SI Top 100 and ESPN NBA rank and all that? I saw them, definitely, yeah. What do you think about them? Uh, One of them had, I believe one of them had Devin Booker ahead of Chris Paul in the top 20, and the other had it reversed. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think Devin Booker's better than Chris Paul at this point? I think for the first time since, in Devin Booker's career at least, those rankings finally got it just about right. I think he belongs in kind of the 12 to 16 range. I don't think he's quite a top 10 player yet. Uh, As far as him being ranked ahead of Chris Paul, I mean, they're 1A and 1B. If you call one 1A, the other 1B, that's fine. But I think that whichever one you put ahead is perfectly acceptable. Last season, I would give Chris Paul the slight edge. If I was going to predict who's going to be better this season, I would give Booker the slight edge. So I think the one that put Booker ahead would be the one that I would uh, lean towards. But either one, I think, is perfectly acceptable. Yep, they're they're right next to each other. I thought that was interesting. Even today, people can't decide whether it was Booker or Chris Paul who most led the Suns to the finals. So uh, literally, those guys just put them right next to each other in the rankings. Now, what do you think about DeAndre Ayton basically jumping all the way up into the 30s in both places from the 60s, 70s, where he was the year before? What do you think of that? You know, that one's interesting because I thought that, you know, what DeAndre did in the regular season versus what he did in the playoffs is such a huge difference. 
um, if we're basing this off of a regular season last year, you know, he might be too high right now, you know, top 30 around there. That's like fringe all-stars and he wasn't getting any all-star buzz, but what he did in the playoffs was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So based off of that, if he can continue what he did in the playoffs throughout an entire season, then it's absolutely deserved. And I think that's about the right spot for him. And then real quick, let's talk about Mikel Bridges got himself into the top 100 for the first time in his career. Um, he was 53 on SIs and 66 on ESPNs, I believe. Uh, what do you think about uh, Mikel Booker? Do you think he's definitely top 50 yet, or do you think he's got a little bit to go? With that one, I actually think it's the opposite of what I just said with DA, where Mikhail had an incredible regular season, and then in the playoffs, he was fine. He was good. He he didn't He didn't blow me away, though. So I think, you know, around 50, that's about where I would put him as well. It, it, it's, it makes for a, maybe a bad uh, – podcast i'm not i'm not doing anything controversial but i actually think that most of the rankings were pretty good for the suns for the most part <laughs> well you know with podcasts it's always good if we just agree with everybody else <laughs> um hey this uh hurt poems in the chat i'm not sure if you're noticing cody cody yeah i'm noticing i'm, I'm ignoring but i'll acknowledge <laughs> you um the uh i i did mention so for those of you that don't know i am a high school teacher. Uh, I teach at Red Mountain High School in Mesa. And uh, I did tell all my students that if they wanted to see me on a podcast, tune in bright and early 8am. So I'm surprised any of them woke up, but uh, I acknowledge you. Thanks for tuning in. Man, if you get popular enough, one of these days, they'll all show up and just sit in their seats in class and just watch <laughs> you live. Oh and my cheer goodness. when you say a something live cool audience. when you say something you don't love. <laughs> Your own live audience. I love this idea. Maybe by playoff time, who knows? We'll have you back on, and you can you can have your students in there. <laughs> oh man, that'd be great. Um, okay, next thing that happened: Jason Randall signed to a camp contract. Um, the only thing I thought interesting on this is is a lot of teams are getting up to the fifteen to uh, into up to twenty people at a time on their um, <clears throat> excuse me on their rosters for training camp, just to keep everybody fresh and have more bodies to run. Uh, the only thing as a point guard, the Suns already have three point guards. Um, I wonder if this indicates that Chris Paul is going to go really light through training camp and preseason if they're bringing in another guy. Jason Randall has been in the NBA for a few years. Uh, he played about half the season with uh, the Wizards, no, Orlando Magic this past year, even started a few games. So I feel like this is just... We're going to give Chris Paul and Devin Booker a breather through training camp. The thing I want to point out, and the reason I think this, and it may not be true at all, but the reason I think this is that um, the Suns had only 70 days, 7-0, just over two months between their last finals game and training camp starting. That is um, that is a little bit more than a year ago where the Lakers and the Heat had only around 50 days between the end of the finals and the start of the next training camp. Um, but the... Uh, um, now 70 days is not much because Devin Booker, you know what, before this past, before the pandemic, Devin Booker's shortest off season was five months of, of his whole career. And now he, Devin Booker, even in the Olymp with the Olympics, he's had barely over six weeks, um, of rest. And so I feel like the Suns are going to try to go really light on Booker and Paul in training camp. Um, next thing I want to point out is coaching staff changes. 
coaching staffs change every offseason. It's not that big of a deal. The Suns did lose Willie Green to, to be the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. I wish him well there. I hope he does a pretty good job. Or I hope he does a, like I said, pretty good job because he's got to lose to the Suns. So I hope he does a pretty good job there. Um, they've moved, uh, Monty Williams has moved a few guys around, but um, as long as, as long as his stalwarts are still there, uh, that's that's what's most important. Um, I'm not worried about. But we do have – it is interesting that there's been more turnover on the coaching staff than there was on the roster. Dave, I think you're, uh, you're, you're bearing the lead here about one of these coaches that we got. We, Tell me. We signed Michael, Michael Ruffin, which Michael Ruffin had one of the most memorable plays, in my opinion, of the last 20 years in NBA history. Do you remember, Dave – it was Wizards versus Raptors, and I don't know what years, mid-2000s. The Wizards were up by three points. The Raptors had to inbound the ball from, half, from, from their own baseline, throw the ball all the way across the court to try to get a three with like two seconds left. The ball went straight to, straight to Michael Ruffin, who threw the ball up in the air. Over his head. not high enough, but not high enough because it went in the air. And he was thinking, okay, I just won us the game. It, it, the, oh, the ball's not going to yeah. come down soon enough. And it went straight to Morris Peterson, who immediately launched a three to tie the game. That's Michael Ruffin, the Suns' new assistant coach. <laughs> oh, my God. Trevor Ruffin? Or is it Michael Ruffin? Michael Ruffin, I believe. Oh, Michael Ruffin. Yeah, sorry. No, I don't know why I keep putting Trevor in there. Trevor was a player, too. Michael Ruffin. So, wait a minute. Michael threw the ball? or he Michael was the one that threw the, the ball. He was on wow, the I'm going to have to ask him about that on media day. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. So I am burying the lead. Everyone else yeah. is pretty much, we already know about most of the coaching staff changes from the summer. Um, so we'll see. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I just thought it was interesting. There's more turnover on the coaching staff percentage-wise than, than on the team. All right, the key dates we have coming up. Uh, we have media day on Monday, my first one in two years. I'm very excited about this. This will be my ninth. Media day. I was just remembering the um, <clears throat> my first media day. Basically, what media day is is everybody gets into onto a gym floor. In this case, it's going to be the Suns' um, uh, home court, and the players kind of mill around, or they're set up on podiums and all that, and all media get to show up. Um, and talk to them. And it used to be much more of a free-for-all back in the day. You could talk to any player you wanted, grab them, and you just have to be okay if other media people just kind of pop into your interviews. Um, these days, it's a little more structured, uh, mostly because of the pandemic. But Media Day, I'm very excited for it. I was remembering my first Media Day back in 2012. 2012. Guess who the Suns' big off-season edition was in 2012? Um, the most exciting two off-season editions, I guess. I remember this clearly, Dave, because one of the greatest Suns players of all time made his debut with the Phoenix Suns. You're talking about Michael Beasley, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when Michael Beasley was signed before media day, he was signed in the summer, of course, and the hype video that the Suns social media team put out was Michael Beasley going around the horn, taking jumpers, from 22 feet inside <laughs> every freaking jumper was inside the three point line. This was their big free agent signing. Uh, and then of course they also got Goran Dragic to come back to the Suns that summer. Um, <clears throat> so that was very exciting. And I remember media day. I had, I had a conversation with uh, Michael Beasley. I said, 
because we really needed Beasley to be a small ball for power forward. Really needed him to be that guy who had 20 and 12, 20, 21 and 11 in college. And he comes to the Suns. And I said, would you rather be outside shooting jumpers or inside banging with the big guys? He's like, oh, man, shooting jumpers all day, all day. And that's exactly what we got. And then later in the season when he made three out of 22 shots, I interviewed him after the game. And I said, um, how, was it, how'd you feel? How'd your shot feel? When you, it felt great. Every shot felt great. They just didn't go in. It's <laughs> <laughs> not my fault they didn't go in. Uh, yeah, it is kind of your fault. Um, so anyway, yes. And then Goran, Dra- or Goran Dragic saying, hey, why not the playoffs? Why can't we get to the playoffs? So that um, they were 25 and 57 that year and everybody got fired. Uh, <laughs> but hey, it, it worked out well for Goran. He ended up having a great career. And it started with him getting a starting job with the Suns back in 2012. So. Uh, okay, then Tuesday is training camp. That's only a four, five-day training camp. Those things have been cut so short. Basically, all the coaching staff is doing is putting in plays uh, and wrinkles since most of the team is back from last year. Monty's just going to be installing more wrinkles into the offense and defense. Then next Monday is our first preseason game against the Kings. Are you going to be watching that thing? Uh, I don't know if it's on TV. Uh, you know, a lot of times what happens is uh, – if the Suns don't have their own broadcast of it, maybe the other team that we play does. And sometimes, uh, <clears throat> sometimes you can find a way to uh, to watch that way. That's right. That's right. We don't support any of kind not. of weird links with all these pop ups. And every time I go to one of those things, I get a billion pop ups. And I don't. I don't eh. uh, but anyway, yes. Uh, and then Wednesday is their first home preseason game. I'll be able to go to. I'll be. I'll be excited about that. So we'll be tweeting on that. And then regular season, October 20th. So we got a lot coming up, Cody. Um, this the, this was the shortest off season in Suns history. Um, well, second shortest because of last season, but I kind of write off last season with the pandemic and all that. But for the Suns, this was the shortest time they've had between their last game of the prior season and the first game of the next season. So we'll see how they hold up. Do you think there's going to, going to be any kind of – well, we'll talk about training camp later in the show. So <clears throat> let us uh, let me lay out what the game plan is for today. We've got four quarters. First quarter is uh, something, a new segment I'm calling Crossfire. Excuse me. <clears throat> new segment I'm calling Crossfire. Second quarter is Cody's Corner, where Cody takes over the show. Third quarter is Baller Talk, where you guys take over the show. So get your hot takes ready. Get your questions ready. Cody and I will answer them. And then the fourth quarter is when we have Dwayne Rankin joining us as our guest, and we're going to preview training camp. All right. So let's get going here. First quarter. Here's the the scoop, ballers. Everybody pay attention here. Cody gets 60 seconds. I'm just going to have to time it myself. Uh, I don't have a timer. I'm not that cool where I I know how to do a timer on on this live stream here. But... Cody has 60 seconds for a hot take on anything Suns related. He can say whatever he wants, make the case. You have 60 seconds to make your case. And then I have no idea what this hot take is going to be. Nothing. No idea. Um, it could be that there really were gremlins in the, in the net uh, uh, <laughs> making Michael Beasley miss all of his shots. Then I get 60 seconds to rebut that take. I can take, have any other different take. Any, It doesn't have to be exactly opposite, but it's got to be something rebut. And then you guys, the ballers, get to vote on who won. So this is a contest. Cody has 60 seconds to make state his case. I have 60 seconds to 
uh, state the opposite or something um, different than that. And then you guys get to vote on who did it better. We ready to get started, Cody? I'm ready. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me get my timer set because I don't want to shortchange you at all. Yeah, just tell me when there's like five seconds left. When there's yeah, I'll be I'll be yelling. I'll I'll put my <laughs> hand up for the five seconds. How about that? All Sounds right. Sounds good. On your marks, get set, go. All right. So because it's preseason, we're seeing a lot of preseason odds on different things. And uh, what I've seen is that the Phoenix Suns are still respected from last year as a team that has a chance to win a championship, a chance to come out of the West, but they're far from seen as any kind of favorite. Here's my hot take. Not only do the Suns have a chance to return to the finals, to win the Western Conference again, the Phoenix Suns should be considered the favorites to win the Western Conference again. They're not just another cute story. They're not just a team that maybe luck bounces their way. They should absolutely be the favorites. Here's why. The Nuggets still have Jamal Murray out. The Clippers still have Kawhi Leonard out. The Jazz are trash. And the Lakers, <laughs> while you know they did have their injuries last year, they're adding Russell Westbrook, who is far from a stellar playoff performer. And you can never count on Anthony Davis's health. The Suns are favorites to win the West again. All right. Wow. There's your 60 seconds. What do you think so far, Ballers? You think he did it? Uh, Cody wins already. <laughs> in the the... <laughs> How in the hell am I going to top this? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a couple of seconds to think about what my argument is. Like I said, I have no idea what Cody did. So um, if you guys will humor me, I'm going to quickly play my little commercial on watching my midweek um, my midweek episodes, that takes a few seconds and that gives me an idea to get myself straight. For those watching this episode on YouTube, I've got some news for you. You're only getting half the story. The Solar Panel Podcast delivers you an additional special episode every Wednesday with a national personality from places like The Ringer, The Athletic, The Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NBA.com, and everyone else. You'll hear what the non-locals think about the Suns and the NBA in general. It's a new feed, though. You've got to click some buttons. Forget the old one. Get the new one. Go to your favorite pod app, search for Solar Panel Podcast with the orange logo. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave me a five-star review, I'll give you props on the air. All right, Cody, do you want to time me or do you want me to time myself? Uh, I got a timer in front of me, so uh, either way is fine. Oh, man. How am I going to argue that the Suns can't win the, or should not be the favorites <laughs> in the last? All right. <clears throat> Hold on. Dang it. Yeah, I put All right, you in a ready when you are. Okay, whenever you're ready. All right. All right, so Cody thinks the Suns are, should be the favorites to win the West, and what he was using is the, is the uh, odds that are being given out right now, which means as of right now, the Suns should be the favorite in the West, and I don't agree with that. <clears throat> the reason I don't agree with that is that I don't – look, I don't believe in Lakers are healthy, they're better. Denver is healthy, they're better. They're not. The reason I think the Suns should not be the favorite in the West is simply a, a season two hangover. I think they're going to slowly build in this season. I think they're going to come out a little bit. They're going to have a little bit less of an edge on every single play, every single possession, every single game than they did last year. Last year was so fresh. It was fresh for everybody. Everybody wanted to win every single second. 
I think this year, Chris Paul is going to be a little bit less edgy in the very beginning. Devin Booker is going to be a little bit less on the edge, and that's going to cost him two or three wins, and that's why the Suns should not be right now considered the favorites to win the West until they prove it. They have to come out strong. They have to come out hard. They have to come out ready. They have to win every quarter and want to win every quarter to be able to win the West, and I just don't think the Suns are going to be doing that in the first two weeks of the season. All right. Dave, I know I put you in a little bit of a tough spot, and I don't think you're going to win much fa- much favor by arguing against the Suns here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, can't, you made sure you were going to win this thing. <laughs> all right, everybody, I need you all to vote in the chat. I'm going to give you uh, 60 seconds of your own to say who won. Who won, Cody or Dave? So <laughs> says Jay. We're no longer friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Ooh, I think. And plus, you've got your own students in here, <laughs> man. How am I supposed to compete against you bringing in your own students? That's like uh, that's like your family. <laughs> oh man! All right, you I'm going to give you vote, guys a little Dave. bit more. I, I did. Coach Fallen Founder <laughs> gave me a vote. Thank you so. Or not Coach Fallen Founder, Jim Rose Jim Circus. Rose. I haven't seen. Uh, nope. Coach Fallen Founder says. Poor Dave couldn't sell the belief of the struggle. Yeah. Uh, well, when I actually uh, am proven right, sadly, I won't be happy about it. But I do think the Suns are going to come out a little bit flat to start the season. Uh, all right. Uh, these things are coming in hot. <laughs> Mr. Cody can have my Walkman back now. <laughs> Sounds like a student that was. Uh, that sounds like from something Jim Rose 2000s. would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna thank you, Rick. You gave me the participation trophy. I appreciate that, Rick Johnson. Dave did a good job in an impossible situation. Uh, all right. Well, I I feel like possibly. Oh, so says Jay votes for Dave. See, I got my I got Dave Hive. Okay. You got Cody Hive. I think Cody Hive's a little bit bigger. I think today we are going to call Cody the winner of this segment. Congratulations, Cody. Students, so. <laughs> 150. Oh, you see, you didn't tell me you had this thing in the bag. Yeah. All right. All right. Now let's move on to our second quarter. Second quarter, we're calling Cody's Corner. And this is where Cody gets to take over the show. So, Cody, what do you got for us this time? Well, as I'm sure anyone that spent any time online has noticed or watching a television, there is one particular industry that seems to be booming right now in Arizona, and you're seeing ads for it everywhere you go. You can't even turn around without seeing another ad for this one thing, which is sports betting. in the betting. lower corner of this, is this thing right here? Yes, go ahead. Yep, sports betting. Uh, it is legal in Arizona, and I'm sure possibly you or at least someone you know has been getting into the sports gambling uh, <coughs> industry, trying to uh, make a little money, show that you, you know better than the experts. So what I decided to do for today's Cody's Corner, I love trivia. Anyone that knows me, you know I love trivia. I love obscure facts. And uh, <coughs> I decided to do a trivia segment based on the betting odds that have been placed on the Suns throughout the years. So I used this site that uh, tracks historical betting odds 
and it looks at the odds that were from the company BetMGM. So all the odds that I'm about to give you are from BetMGM. So this is a segment where uh, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to want Dave to give his answers, but I also want anyone in the chat that thinks they know better than Dave to uh, give their answers as well. You all uh, know better than Dave, so help me <laughs> out, guys. All right, let's begin. The first thing that I want to look at is title odds. So what uh, what's the money line for the Suns to win the championship? Now, this BetMGM, you can find their odds for the champion for the NBA championship since the 1984-85 season. So that means you've got about a 35-year sample size uh, to work with here. So since the 1984-85 season, in which year did the Suns have the best chance to win the championship according to Bet MGM? So I'll give you a okay. second to think since about 84, that. Since 84-85? Since 84-85, what year did they give the Suns the best chance to win the championship? It's got to be, oh, shoot, is it 92-93 or is it 06-07? I got to say it's 92-93. It's got to be because when Barkley joined, they were they were a Western Conference Finals team, multi multiple-year Western Conference Finals team, and all they do had to do was give up Jeff Hornacek to get Charles Barkley, basically, because, I mean, all love to Tim Perry and Andrew Lang, but really it was Jeff Hornacek. So 1990, ooh, Rick Johnson with the big uh, 93-94. You know what? Sometimes definitely betting is rear view oriented sometimes. Uh, interesting, Fabio. <laughs> Fabio says 2018-19. I'm not sure Fabio is going <laughs> to win sure this one. Not sure about that one. Uh, Sundress Dunk says 93-94. Rick Johnson, 90. Uh, yeah, you've got Brian Catano, 92 Rick Johnson, 93-94. Fallen Founder says 93. Rick Johnson also, or 06-07. Way to hedge your bets, Rick. <laughs> so let, let's go. Let's, so there were people that got the right answer. And okay. in fact, there, I think there were two of them. I believe it was Sundress Dunks was the first. I mean, yeah, it was either Sundress Dunks or it was uh, maybe So Says Jay. Uh, was the first to say 93-94, which is the right answer. So let's think about this for a second. It makes sense. When you first trade for Rick the superstar... Johnson, yeah, when you first trade for the superstar, Charles Barkley, the odds did go up by quite a lot that season. However, uh, it was uncertain. We didn't know what that fit would look like. However, the next year, you knew this team had just come off the finals, and this is the key, I think. The other part of this, other than they just saw the Suns in the finals is the fact that Michael Jordan retired to play baseball that summer too. Uh, so that also gave the Suns an extra bump in the, in the, uh, in the odds. So the Suns odds to win the championship that odd that year were a plus 300. And if you're unfamiliar with betting odds, that means if before the season started, you bet a hundred dollars that the Suns would win the championship, you would have won $300 if they had actually won. So not yeah. actually that good of odds. They they really thought the Suns had a good chance. They weren't actually the best odds that year. The Knicks had slightly better odds, which is interesting. They lost in the finals. Hey, so if you're giving a um, a little lesson on betting odds, I I need a little bit of help because I still get confused about this. I don't bet much. Mm -hmm. um, I love DraftKings. I love all these things. I love all you guys who do bet. I just don't trust myself. Um, <laughs> So tell me when the when the odds are like minus two thousand or minus twelve hundred. What does that mean? So that means that the odds makers think that that thing is a very likely thing to happen. 
So that means it's the, so the first thing when it's plus 300, you spend a hundred dollars to get 300. If it was minus 300, that means the odds makers thinks that thing is very likely to happen. You would have to bet 300. And if you bet 300, then you get a hundred back. Only a hundred or 400 back. Oh yeah. You get your 300 back plus the other hundred. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. You're not losing sorry. money. <laughs> okay. To I make get a it. gain of a hundred dollars. It's for yeah. every hundred dollars. You get that. If it's a minus it's for that dollar amount, you get a hundred. And, and, and like you said, uh, I also am not a gambling man. I also do not trust myself, but I have always been very interested in the odds looking at, you know, what these people in Vegas or otherwise think, because they often have a pretty good idea of things. Yeah, they do. And so what do they got the Suns at right now? I think it's a uh, fifth or sixth in odds. And it's plus 1500. Plus 1500. So that's a pretty good bet, man. If you really believe in the Suns, you put a hundred down, you get 1500 out. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. Next, next question. So we just said the best title odds ever. Now mm-hmm. let's talk about the worst. Again, <laughs> this is available from 1984, 85 season. In what year since then did the Suns have the worst odds to win the title? <laughs> wow. You know what? Um, I'm sorry, but we cannot give credit to anyone who might have given this answer earlier to the earlier question as a joke. So. Yep. Sorry, buddy, um, but I am going to go with – I'm going to go with um, – shoot. Is it going to be 13-14 because they stripped down the team and they're only supposed to win 15 games? Or is it uh, going to be 18-19 because they were on a string of really bad runs? But then they had just drafted Aiton, so I don't think it would be 18-19. So maybe 1617. So interesting. Sundress Dunks says 1617. Oh, what am I going to say? But you know what? This is all the way back to 83, 80, 84, 85. Yep. So it could be something in the 80s. Now they had the drug scandal, but that was really mid season stuff. I'm not sure how much that played into the odds. Then they got really good and they were pretty good all the way through the 90s to the 2000s. Um, uh, Rick Johnson, fifteen sixteen. Uh, Coach Fallen, founder of the Tank for eight and year. We don't talk about seventeen eighteen. <laughs> that was also seventeen eighteen. Was also the I don't want to be here year. That was the yeah, but that was after the after the betters would have uh, you know yeah after, after they would have set the odds though <laughs> they would have set the odds. All right, I'm gonna go sixteen seventeen, but it's probably gonna end up being something back in the eighties. What do you got for us, Cody? The correct answer is actually 1718. It's the I don't want to be here. 1718. Even ah. though the, the makers didn't know. So an interesting thing here, actually, it's probably not fair to compare because inflation and everything. But uh, Liz wins, by the way. Exactly. Um, so the the odds for the Suns that year were plus 125,000 to win the championship. That means. <laughs> You were going to increase your bet by over a thousand times if the Suns, if you bet on the Suns and the Suns won the championship that year. <laughs> wow! Holy crap! Yeah. So plus one hundred twenty-five thousand. Plus one hundred twenty-five thousand. That's the only time that it's been in the in the six digits, six figures. Wow! Wow! So we thought 
We thought it was bad, but it it was worse than we thought. Yes, and I believe <laughs> the first to get it was Liz. What was your last name? Liz Nichols, I believe, was the first Liz to say. Liz Nichols was the first to oh, say. Oh, Coach Fallen Liz, Thunder, I think, said it as well. Uh, he said 18. So when you only say one of the two years, I'm not we sure we can give it to you, Fallen Founder. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You got to say the two years together. I, he's I don't he's know trying he to hedge his bets, and he's trying to like be able to claim uh-huh. either one. Bridge. Yeah, he's trying to do the bridge. Because 2018, if that was the betting line, that would be for the 18-19 season. So mm-hmm. Liz gets it. Good job, right. Liz. What do you so, got next? That's my two for championship odds. The next thing we're going to look at is over-unders. So they give odds to win the championship. They also give odds for how many wins the Suns will win in the regular season, how many games they will win in the regular season. They usually put it at a line, so it'll be something like 42.5. And you either have to take the over or the under. So if you think they'll win at least 43 games, you would take the over. If you think they'll win at least 40, less, 40, 42 or less, then you would take the under there. That's why they put it at the point five. That way it has to be either over or under. So okay. my first question, um, we're not going to look at actually uh, the highest and lowest over under because that's actually going to spoil the next thing that I want to do. Instead of just looking at when the over under was the highest and lowest, I want to look at when the team overperformed and underperformed their over under. So let's say, for instance, that the over under was at a 40.5 and then the Suns won 60 games that year then that would be, you know, a plus 20 practically. They overperformed their over-under by 20. Okay. My first question is, in what year did they overperform their preseason plus-minus, by the way, and uh, by the most? And by the way, the last one, the, the odds are available since 84-85. That's not the case with this one. This one is only available since 2005-2006. So the second Steve Nash year is the first year that this oh. data is available. So we can't even say 0405. You can't say 0405. In what year did they overperform the plus minus, <clears throat> the, the over under by the most? Well, overperform the over under. Well, the easy answer is the 2013 14 season. I'm not sure I want to give it yet, though. But the easy answer would be 2013 14 because they won those 48 games after coming into the season being expected to win in the teens. Um, Coach Paul and Founder says this past year. That's interesting. Rick Johnson's going with with my original thought as well. Liz Nichols says 1920. Let's think here. Let's give these guys a little bit of time. And it's good that Fallen Founder is finally uh, is is finally uh, using the correct formatting. That's right. <laughs> to get credit. <laughs> get credit. Uh, okay, we'll give you a couple of more minutes, uh, a couple more seconds, sorry. Um, oh, this is interesting. So another sports bet fun fact. You don't get taxed unless it's 80 to 1 odds or more. So on that 125,000 to 1, there would have been taxes. There involved. would have been taxes on that. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Let's see. Wow, Rick again hedging his bets. Rick is the bet hedger of the day. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Let's see. I'm going to go with, uh, shoot, I'm going to go with 13-14 because they won 48 games and they were only supposed to win in the teens that year. Uh, what do you got for us, Cody? That is absolutely correct. And I had a feeling this one would be one that you and many people would get. And it's very, yeah. everybody remembers how bad this team was. You had that yeah. draft class that everyone thought was going to be so good with Wiggins and Parker, uh, <laughs> who didn't end up being that good, actually. Wiggins and everyone and was Parker. wanting to tank for them, uh, <laughs> including yeah. the Suns, apparently. Ryan McDonough set up a roster that seemed like it was going to be horrible. And then Bledsoe, Drogic, Gerald Green, Miles Plumley, Channing Fry. They had this amazing season, won 48 games. And somehow you know, I want to say, gosh, it's a real shame we couldn't get one of those top picks. Um, but man, that it worked um, out fine. It worked. <laughs> Can you imagine t- Jabari Parker being added to the litany of Ryan McDonough draft picks? Yeah. All right. So we just said who overperformed their plus minus, their over under by the most, the 2013 14 Suns. Now who yep. underperformed? What team did Bet MGM think was going to be good? And then they completely cratered and were way worse than what their, what their line was. That's the next question. Okay, uh, this is how, which team underperformed the most. Back to again, back to this is also 0506. Back to 0506 is the earliest that this is available. Which team underperformed their over underline by the most? Yeah, so the 2010 11 Suns and the 2011 12 Suns, the last two Steve Nash years were basically 500 seasons. I'm not sure, though, whether they would have been projected for a lot more wins than that. Then you've got <clears throat> the year after 2013-14, but they still had 39 wins in 2014-15. And then 2015-16 is when they fell out and down into the, into the low 20s on wins. Um, let's see. Sundress Dunk says 2011-12. Uh, that is, yeah, I think I'm talking myself out of that 14, 15. Actually, we were, I'm sure we were projected. See, the thing is 2014, 15 still at 39 wins, Fabio. So I'm not sure about that. Uh, Goyo 0809. That's interesting because the Suns only won 46 games, I believe that year. And, uh, they were probably projected to win 55. The odds makers usually don't go into the high fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see which team underperformed the most. I'm going to say the 15, 16 team. Dave, you are on a roll. You are correct. 15, 16. Good job. And I believe no one else got it. No one in the chat said that, that I saw. So it makes perfect sense if you think about it, because like you said, in the 2014, 15 season, it kind of seems like the beginning of the, the dark era, but Really, that team wasn't that bad. They won 39 games. They were a little under 500. So the odds makers still thought they were going to be okay the next season. So their their over under was 36.5. at the midpoint. At yeah, the altar break or so. Yeah, they they actually started out the season okay. Then Bledsoe got hurt. It was Booker's rookie year. Um, 36.5 was the line, and they won 23 games. So they were 13 and a half games under the line that year, which is the most awesome. All right, this is a weird question now. We've done the most overperform, the most underperform. Which team was the closest to the line? So what team just did right exactly what the odds makers thought they were going to do? What team oh, wow. was performed exactly to expectations? 
again since 2005 2006 performed exactly to expectations all right ballers come on give us some ideas here and i'll tell Which you team? this one the correct answer will be 0.5 off because the yeah. the over unders are almost always a 0.5 so there there are teams that were only 0.5 off in fact there wow. are two right answers here i'll tell you there's two right answers there oh wow so i got a pretty good chance off. to be Better right chances. on something all right let's see we got um 11 12 we got nine, ten from Rick. Rick's only going with one. Good job, Rick. All right, you're <laughs> uh, Coach Fallen Goyo had oh six, oh seven. Coach Fallen Founder oh eight, oh nine. I'm really, really, actually struggling with this one. Fabio's going with one of the bad years, perfectly predicted. So is Sundress Dunks. Hmm. You know what? Uh, these these predictions are all over the place. We pretty much hit every year since 0506. <laughs> Almost. Uh, let's see what team uh, landed on the nose. I'm going to pick a positive year, and I'll say 0607. So you you should have listened to your own advice, Dave, when you said that uh, the odds makers almost never put these in the 60s because that team won oh. 61 games. Oh, jeez. And, what am uh, I thinking? And so, yeah, it was much lower than that. It was the year after that, which t- two people 07, guessed, 08. actually two of them, 07, 08, and 08, 09, in two consecutive years that hit basically exactly the line. Goyo, Calvin, and uh, Coach Fallen Founder, you two both got the 08, 09. No one got the 07, 08. So in 07, 08, the over-under was 55.5. They won 55 games. In 08, 09, the over-under was 46.5. They won 46 games. So two years in a row, Vegas just totally nailed the Suns, exactly what they were going to do. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right. All right. Final, Good job. final, final question one? here. All right. So we've talked about some uh, over-unders, and I guess some of these answers have already been spoiled. Here's my final question. In the 16 years since the Bet MGM uh, lines are available, how many years did they hit the over and how many years did they hit the under? So there have been 16, 16 years. years. How many overs? How many unders? You can give it to me like a record. Like if you think they hit the over every year, you could put 16 and 0. If you... <laughs> Vegas always wins. That's true. <laughs> my That's first true. instinct was to say 8 and 8. Uh, but Vegas uh, does always win, so I'm not going to say eight and eight. Uh, let's see. Let me think here. Let's go. Let's get some votes in. What do we got here? We got some optimism, uh, a lot of pessimism. Seven and nine, three and thirteen. So Vegas wants the unders. Hmm. Let me think. Six and ten. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just thinking. Sorry, I'm not posting these things. Over four times. LOL. Yep. Six and ten. Five times over. Okay. Let's go with five and eleven. I'm going to go five and eleven. What do you got? Five and eleven is too pessimistic the correct answer was once again by liz nichols seven overs nine unders hey liz all right all right 
So uh, let me just list off the overs really quick. Since 2005-2006 season, the overs were 2006, 2007, 2010, 2012, 2014, 2020, and 2021. Seven overs and all the rest were unders. Wow. All righty. That's great. That's great. That's great, man. Uh, Vegas, it seems like Vegas never loses. I tell you what, Vegas, know they know what they're doing. They know what to predict. And this year they're predicting 51 and a half wins for the Suns. And I see everybody saying that the Suns are easily going over that. But what does Vegas know that we don't? Vegas knows, first of all, they're going to tamp down those win estimates. And second of all, that, um, you know, things happen and, and teams don't exactly repeat year over year. All right. Well, Hey, Let's thank you so much for Cody's corner. Um, what we're going to do right now is I am going to play you guys your favorite, absolute favorite segment of the show. And then when we are done with that little halftime, uh, halftime skit, then we are going to come back with Dwayne Rankin from Arizona Central, um, AZ Central, azcentral.com, AZC Sports, Arizona Republic Print. All that stuff, this guy, beat writer extraordinaire, Dwayne Rankin's coming back. All you got to do is Manscaped. Attention listeners from across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS. That's special for you guys, our solar panel listeners. The code is FLAMINGBALLERS for 20% off plus free shipping. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your entire solar system. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. Your dick and balls need some help. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. <laughs> hey, man, this is that is my favorite segment segment of the show. That's for sure. Okay, I'm hoping all my students for... turned off the podcast before that. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> this is a grown up show. We got it. We just got to know that. Um, all right, so let me do this. Do this, and we are going to be added by Dwayne Rankin. How you doing, my man? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I haven't man. seen you in person in actually a long time, actually since the playoffs, since the finals. This right, 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 right. You're acting like it was two years ago. No, I was in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a long time ago, but at the same time, it feels like yesterday. Right. So how was your summer? How was your uh, total long break? Uh, don't matter now. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was all right. It was all right. It was good. Went home and hadn't been home since January 2020. So, uh, wow. So that was yeah, good. Yeah, that's great. That's good. I'm glad you got to go home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm but glad you're cool. back. It's over now. <laughs> yeah, We're back in the grind. 
every Just, day, yeah. man. Right. So right. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us. Dwayne Rankin is with the Arizona Republic, um, azcentral.com. He is online at Dwayne Rankin on Twitter, all over the place. You got it. If you follow the Suns, you need to follow Dwayne Rankin for sure. So thank you for joining us. Dwayne, you're going to be with us for two segments here because we're a little bit behind on our show. The first segment is we've got something called Baller Talk, which is basically all the folks in our chat get to ask us questions for uh, about five, ten, five minutes or so, maybe 10 at the most. Um, we've got a couple of questions already queued up, but I want you guys in the chat to post questions as well. And Cody and, and, uh, and I will be watching for those. You can ask, you can ask Dwayne questions. You can ask me questions. You can ask Cody questions, whatever you want. First question comes from Perplex Damage. Perplex Damage is one of our flaming ballers. Would you rather <clears throat> have uh, two-time NBA champions of the NBA as your favorite team, I suppose is what he means, or um, have have a kid with a full-ride scholarship to a D1 school? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure how um, how to answer that one. Would we rather basically have my have your favorite team win championship twice or have your kids get full-ride scholarship to a D1 school? I think I'm going to take the D1 school scholarship. What do you think, Dwayne? Yeah, I mean, you want your kid to get an education over – I mean, winning the champ. I mean, I, I get the whole idea of the excitement of your team won back to back, and uh, you know, it's like the whole world is watching your team. You're a fan of this team, and you know, you can you can say something like, "Hey, we're going to win a championship next year," and then they go and win a championship next year. Like, yeah, that's cool, but you know, if, if I'm doing that and my son is is or, or daughter is not going to college. And I had an opportunity to make that happen, or they had an opportunity to make that happen. That's the option. No, I'm going with the, the scholarships uh, for my kids. Uh, yeah, I mean education before uh, fandom, which I know absolutely. Was but yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm going. <laughs> you know, maybe this makes me a bad, bad dad. I got three kids, but uh, you know, those kids can figure out themselves. I want those championships. <laughs> you're, you're there you go. Except the fact that your team won. You're not getting any. You're not getting a ring for it. You're not getting a. You get, if you get a shirt, you got to buy it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going with the education, but, you know, each of his own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the next thing, next question we have is from Blaze Megatron. Huge fan of the show. Um, flaming Baller also. <clears throat> um, this is a hot take from Blaze Megatron I'm going to share with the group. He says, Blaze Megatron says, DeAndre Ayton is already the Suns' greatest all-time center. Suns franchise Greatest all-time center. Phoenix has not gotten illustrious history when it comes to the center position, so name me a Sun center that you would rather have on the roster right now from Sun's history over DeAndre Ayton. Cody, do you got any thoughts? Who well, might the, you want? Yeah, the interesting thing about this is how you classify Amari Stoudemire. If you call him a power forward, then that's one thing. But he played some center, some power forward, depends on the year. The years that he was playing center – I'm, I love Aiden, but um, he hasn't passed Amari yet. Amari, several-time All-Star, several-time All-NBA player. Uh, 
Aiden might be a better fit because Aiden definitely has the defense and the rebounding over Amari. But Amari was such a dynamic scorer that as an overall player, you have to take Amari, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, again, if, if, if that's the qualification, if Amari is a center, then no. I mean, Amari was able to do things around the basket that Aiden hasn't has shown he can do. Um, just credible finisher at the rim. And so, you know, DeAndre has that in terms of, you know, off the pick and roll. But, I mean, it seemed like Amari was able to do it in traffic over people on a consistent basis. So, um, and he just he just was a better scorer. I mean, you know, Amari had years when he was having 25 or some odd, 24, 25, whereas Aiden's, I think his career high is now 18. He hadn't even averaged 20 yet. But Aiden has the potential to be the best one. Yeah. But but I, I I would say as of this right now, this exact second, if Amari Stoudemire is listed as a center, you're going with Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, my only thing is Amari Stoudemire is um today's modern day modern Amari Stoudemire is basically Anthony Davis, not in terms of how they play, but um Amari never wanted to play center, always complained about when he was asked to play center. Always wanted another center next to him. I mean, you guys, um, wasn't it Jaron Collins um, who was starting? Uh, of course, you had Robin Lopez um, uh, during those later years. And uh, Kurt Thomas was brought in. All these guys were brought in so that Amari would not have to play center. That was my only my only thing with um, DeAndre Ayton as far as true center. So let's take Amari off the table for a second. You guys both, both made a great case. Amari's going to be in the Hall of Fame and definitely should be in the ring of honor. I don't know why he's not in the son's ring of honor yet, but um, man, wouldn't Alvin Adams be a hell of a center in today's game? I mean, uh, Alvin Adams, he was basically the, the modern day NBA center all the way back in the seventies and eighties. He still works for the organization. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, the guy could pass like crazy. Although I do admit after his first two or three seasons, he kind of leveled off. He became more of a, more of just a, a component of a good team instead of a leader of a great team. Um, but Alvin Adams is one of the best players in Suns history, and he is a center. Um, another person in the chat said Channing Fry. Herbie Villafranca said Channing Fry. Um, yeah, in today's NBA, but you still got to have somebody get those rebounds. Channing Fry's problem is he was only um, a six rebound a game guy, and you got to have somebody else get the rebounds. I don't know who that is. So, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna settle in. I'm not even gonna say Alvin Adams. Would it would would DeAndre start over Alvin Adams? They'd probably try to move Alvin to power forward, and that tells me that DeAndre is a better center. I think I would still t I would take DeAndre Ayton as the best center. That's that's my thought. Any final thoughts on that before we move on to talk about training camp, guys? Nah, I mean. Uh -huh. no. Fabio Packer. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin deserves props, but I, I, you know, I'm still going with Amari. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Good. Oh, Connie Hawkins. Unfortunately, he was not a center, but man, I would love to have Connie Hawkins on this team right now and playing next to DeAndre. Okay. Uh, so let's move into the fourth quarter. Uh, the fourth quarter of our show is with Dwayne Rankin. We are going to preview Suns training camp. So the Suns have had two months off, basically. 
Devin Booker's had about six weeks of that himself after playing for the Olympics. Um, and so we haven't seen or heard from these players much in the past couple of months. Dwayne has started making, uh, getting some interviews over the past week a little bit, but uh, we really haven't seen anything as, until media day tomorrow. So Dwayne, my first question to you is, what is your biggest question coming into media day? What do you want to hear from the players more than anything? What are you going to ask them first? And what do you want me to do? Dad, give my whole my whole bit out before. <laughs> no, I want you to say them so I can ask them first. I want to steal your questions. Do right here is just that. What are you going to ask? <laughs> I know I'm on your show, but damn. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I got a, I got a zillion questions to ask. I'm probably not going to be able to ask them all, but so be it. Just you know, I just want to hear what they think about. What was, you know, and going into the season, like, hey, what do we should do this? You know, last year it was, okay, we added Chris, we added Jay, Devin should be better, DeAndre, you know, he showed something in the bubble, you know, Cam's better, Mikhail's better, you know, Cameron Payne, what's this, you know, he showed up in the bubble, you know, so it was, it was still, you know, they should be better, but how much better? Well, now we know how much better they they yeah. they, they, they were. So now that I would like, you know, it's like to know, hey, how much, you know, is this a team? The core is back. So if you look at it, then they have better chemistry than than, than other teams in the league. I mean, the Cameron, I mean, uh, you know, Tory Craig is the only one that left. I mean, yeah. everybody else that played still here. They're still here. So it's like, hey, you know, they they should should you guys get back to the finals? You know, should y'all y'all be able to push through? We've seen what the Lakers have done. We've seen what, you know, you're looking at Denver. You know, you're waiting on Murray to get back. So, it's like, all these other teams made all these moves, really, except Denver. But other teams basically they made all these moves to get better. And so now the Suns are like, you know, okay, you guys did all that, but. We're still the same team that just made it to the finals. So you would think that this they could be confident they can get back there. So are you getting back there? Are you should you get back there? I mean, I, I think that's a big that's a big deal. Like and how, you know, is this going to happen? Is it gonna be more Aiden seeing the ball more? You know, it's gonna be offense maybe ran through him. I think Aiden showed in the playoffs that he is the X factor. When he played well, they won. When he didn't it was a struggle. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, how much is Aiden going to be utilized now? Now, now we're in a, we're in the third year with Monty Williams as, as, as your head coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, it shouldn't be, you know, let's learn, let's figure it out. No, it should be hitting the ground running. All right, this is what we got. We, you know, now, now it should be, the offense should be evolving even more concepts, defensive concepts, they should have all that down. Like, there shouldn't be any situation where I'm hearing somebody say, we got to figure this out. I don't want to hear that. There's nothing more to figure out. You have your, you got the same guys. So you should know what how each guy plays, how each guy play with each other. The question now becomes, can that be, and can that get better to the point that you're going to play teams and still be able to push through 
and, and get back to the finals. I mean, it, to me, that, that's where it is. Get back to the finals. And whoever's waiting, whether it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee, whoever, and finish what you started. I mean, I mean, that's what the fans. I mean, I've been on, <laughs> been on social media enough here since they since they lost, and they started re-signing guys and you know re-sign Chris. I've seen it. All right, they, they they're thinking, uh, let's, you know, Suns will be playing in June. So that's the expectation. And so, you know, that that's do, – do, do the players feel the same? Does Coach Williams feel the same? I, I think that's what people – I think that's what the fans want to know. They want to know, hey, look, I'm a fan, and, and I think I think the Suns will get back to the finals. Coach Williams, do you? <laughs> that's, what, that's, where they're, <laughs> that's where they're at right now. Coach, do you believe like I do? We'll get back to the finals. <laughs> And win it this year, Coach. We resigned Chris. Cameron paid his back. Devin just wanted gold medal. DeAndre looks so much better in the playoffs. Mikael improved. Cam improved. Yeah, we know Dario was hurt, but hey, we hear you're going to do something about that. Maybe it's Jalen Smith. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a bet out there. But but we know you're going to figure it out, Coach. You and Chase Jones. <laughs> Y'all gonna figure this out and get us back <laughs> to the finals. How are you gonna do that? that, that that's, that's right. That's the, that's the tenor of the questions. Right, right. So, Cody, right. what do you think? What do you think is uh, what's your biggest questions going in? Anything different than what Dwayne said? You know, this is this is interesting because uh, I'm not actually going to be there. You two are going to be there actually asking the questions. So if you want to take any of these, then go ahead. It's not like Dwayne where you're uh, I'm, where Dave's trying to copy Dwayne's answers. But yes, <laughs> yes. what I what I would be interested in <laughs> what I would be interested in is uh, is Chris Paul going to be like playing a hundred percent tons of minutes every single game like he did last season where he barely missed any games or are they going to do some strategic rest here and there and try right. to you know get some more reps for Alfred Payton for Cameron Payne obviously it's not in Chris Paul's DNA to want to ever give less than a hundred percent we know that if he's on the court he's going to do it so is the team going to take the initiative to say no we're going to sit you a few games we're going to play you less minutes that way you're ready for the playoffs. We don't want to have these little ticky-tack injuries that kind of lessened his level of play, I think, during the finals. Right, right. No, that's, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, that, that I think is a big reason why Peyton was signed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because, you know, play Chris less or, or have some have, have a stretch where have a game or two where he doesn't play. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Chris is not Chris's DNA is in load management, but mm -mm. I, I I think that that's when your coach, your GM, remember they had that intervention where they had that talk before the Laker game, and Chris made this beg and plead, oh let me play the first you know five minutes if I look bad, take me out, and you know it was that whole issue. I I, I think you may see those kind of talks, but I, I would think. If you're doing that, you, you, you're, you're making that clear before the season. You're saying, hey, Chris, this, this is where we're going with this. Look, we, we know who you are. You know, if anybody can sit a game and be fine as far as playing the next one, it's, it's Chris Paul. So, I mean, the guy's been playing longer than <laughs> – <laughs> Jesus, come on. 
guy can get out of bed and do what he does, you know, after he I gets know stressed. it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's crazy. So I, I don't I don't I agree with Cody on that. I, I, I'm interested to see how to because because the minutes were there were times during the you know during the season where he would see Chris get taken out. He was upset. Mm-hmm. Like, what y'all doing? And uh, you know, and Monty talked about the whole. Well, OKC did they they you know you know kind of used his mouth. <laughs> right. They they they, they played him. OKC played him less at times, yeah. you know, and so you could see that during the season, they were dropping the men. And now, now that you know that Cameron Payne can be that guy, you know, that can that can play well. I mean, he played well against the Clips the first two games when Chris was out. I mean, he was it's just hard. I, I'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to say that they wouldn't have won one of those two games without the way he played. I mean, he was that good. So, and I thought in the finals, there were times when he got in there, it was boom. All of a sudden, the pace picked up, and I think that's a good change of pace when he comes in there because I think it speeds the game up. And I, crazy to say, but I think that gets Devin involved even more because then it's like Devin's running with him and he's getting quick shots and he's able to either pull up or go do what he does off the dribble. And it's just a change of pace. And, you know. And I don't know about you guys, but I when Cameron Payne signed his deal, I was like, "Son's got a bargain on that one." I mean, that, to me, that was come on, man. Yeah, he made some kind of reply. I forget on which social media, and I didn't see it directly, but I heard uh, another fan talking about it. He made a reply that uh, that was just for now. Like he accepted less because he knew he had to still prove himself even more. That's right. like his stepping stone. And I'm like, man, you should have just held out for more <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, he was worth more now, yeah, but he took right. less. And I hope he's happy with that over the next couple of years. And, and right. you know, as long as Chris Paul's healthy, he should be happy because he won't be playing too many minutes to to outplay his contract. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, Alfred Payton will be okay. It's uh, better than Etwan Moore running the show. <clears throat> when Paul and and um, and Payne are not really playing, my big question is: is what DeAndre Ayton are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy who showed up in the playoffs and 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 was focused every single game, very consistently? Every game mattered. Was one of the best big men in NBA history in the finals, or are we going to get the dude who? Mid-season kind of sometimes isn't really paying much attention. He's got great hands, but he lets the ball to bounce off of him, and <clears throat> he doesn't dive hard. And he doesn't he doesn't um, really do the multiple efforts on defense as much. And it's just which eight are we going to get, and when and more often? I think people are expecting playoffs Aiden for every game for the rest of his career, and I don't know if we're going to get that. But should we? I mean, is it okay if he doesn't and he just holds it for the playoffs? Yeah, probably. But he should be better during the season more often than he's not. So what are you what are you expecting from Aiden this year, Dwayne? Um, I mean, he, he he had ten shot attempts last year. Ten average. That's not a lot. You know a what I mean? Third that, less than right. prior, his prior year. Right, that that's just not a lot. So, uh, is he going to get more touches? I think when you tried to throw the ball into him in the post, Aiden was looking around. Okay, well, where's the deep double coming from? And he looking where well, maybe where am I going to go with the ball as opposed to getting it and boom, going to make something happen. Uh, so, 
I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, when I'm looking at next step, I'm thinking, okay, are they going to just throw it in there to him and then work off of him? Or are they going to be satisfied again with set the pick, go dive, defense collapse, all right, we're going to kick for three, kick for three, Jay shooting threes, Mikhail shooting threes, Cam shooting threes. Are we going to do that again? Because it, it worked. But then you got to figure the defense is going to be thinking, all right, well, let's see if Aiden can show me that he can go out and get 20, 25. Can, can, can he be the consistent offensive guy? So you might see teams not react the way they were to his dives. Say, all right, go ahead and throw it in there to him. And then we, we feel like we can handle him uh, or we can force him to have the kind of games that he had in the playoffs. Can we you know, make him do that? But something just tells me that this is your fourth year. This, this should be the expectation for you. What you did in the playoffs should be what we what, what fans yeah. should expect from him. I, and, and again, just really quick, 2.5 free throw attempts again. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's unacceptable. I, I, I just can't. Someone with his athletic ability – should be getting to the line more than that. Now, I know Aiden sometimes he, he has that look all the time of, where's the foul? You know, like, where's the, where's the foul? But there should be times where he just says, I'm drawing contact. I'm getting to the line right now. Forcing it. Right. For, forcing, it to, forcing it to happen. And so, you know, Monty Williams' words for him is always what? Play with force. Play with force. Well, playing with force also means – Engage, you know, forcing contact and making the guy foul to the yeah. point where their guy's in foul trouble, you know, where their guy is sitting, not him sitting, their guy is sitting. Okay. And then they're bringing in the backup, then Aiden's really eating. So, I, you know, how much of the offense is he going to be a part of to me is significant because if he's taking more shots, then what does that mean? That means that somebody else is taking less. So who is that person? Who's the person that sacrifices some shots so he can get some right. shots? Because Devin is putting it up. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah he's is, not sacrificing <laughs> shots. <laughs> Chris has shown he can put it up. And look like three ball. You what, what, what does Monty always say? Let it fly? Yeah. Those guys are – I mean, it's not even hesitant with Jay Crowder. I mean, he, his games, he shot eight, nine threes in a game. I don't even so, know if he looks at the basket before the ball's in the air sometimes. <laughs> He's just so ready. Jay, Jay is going up. So I, I, I'm curious to see. If, if I think Chris Paul would sacrifice some shots. I think a, a perfect, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong. But in my opinion, Chris Paul's favorite perfect game would be takes about five shots before the fourth quarter and then five in the fourth quarter to seal the win. That would be. Per, Chris Paul's perfect game because he shouldn't have to dominate in the second quarter to keep the Suns into a game, right? They should have a nice lead. They should, and if it gets close in the fourth, that's when he takes over and makes every big shot that he right. needs to. But I don't think he really wants to take. He's like kind of like Steve Nash in that regard, where he doesn't want to take all the shots, but he will if he has to. Um, but yeah, you're right. Who's going to sacrifice? Me. I'm thinking. I don't need Aiden to take a bunch more shots. What I need him to do is more do more with them when he gets them. Like you said, go up with force. Um, when you got a mouse in the house, go right up on him right, like you right, did right. in the playoffs. And right. when he's got a big guy coming at him, go into him with the ball. The thing is with Aiden, he doesn't mind physicality. He doesn't shy away from unless he has the ball. When he doesn't have the ball in his hand, 
He's setting screens. He's boxing out sometimes. He's going for rebounds in traffic. When he when he's going for the ball, he doesn't mind the contact. It's right. when he has the ball, he doesn't want the contact because he doesn't want them to mess up his shot making. But the problem there is he doesn't get the calls. Uh, you can't play through in today's NBA and, and expect to get the call because the refs also have so many times they have to decide when the player goes, ah, did he really get fouled? So if you're quiet on the shot, that's like you're giving them a pass. You're giving them a free pass not to blow the whistle. So he's got to learn how to throw his body down like Giannis. I don't know. Giannis is the biggest dude in the history of the game who has spent more time on the floor. His ratio of height to floor ratio is the highest in the history of the game, I think. But what is it, good for him. What's the ratio, right? If you had to give it. <laughs> his ratio of height to floor time. You to spend a lot of time on the ground laying down, but he's only six foot. Giannis is seven two, and he spends more right. time on the ground. So that's right. that's is that's that's the floor to height ratio. That's it. Um, that's and, and Aiden needs to. Aiden's is zero right now. He's got zero, he doesn't spend any time down yeah, right, on the ground. Right, right. He's got to you got to fall through contact. You got to flail through contact. You got to scream and cry. You got to yell and one. You know all these things because that's the only thing those refs hear. That's my take on Aiden. He's got to get more demonstrative on his shots. He doesn't even have to take more contact necessarily. He just has to get more demonstrative so he looks like he's getting shot when he's getting touched by somebody else. That's how you get the calls in today's NBA. That's how you've always gotten the calls really want you to get honest. Yeah. yeah, he's got yeah. to learn that. I asked him that yeah. once in an interview this year. He's like, yeah, I guess I got to get better than better. I'm like, yeah, you do. He doesn't hit the floor a lot. You're absolutely right. I mean, you see that same Cody as well that he doesn't. I mean, I haven't seen him on the ground, like no. for anything, like for taking a charge or, you know, getting hit and then going. To, like, he makes a good point. I, I have never seen him in the three years that he's played with the Suns on the floor. Or take a charge, or even even if he didn't fall down, take a charge at all. He doesn't do that. He'd rather try to stop you moving his feet. Like the biggest thing, like he did, I thought he did a really good job on Giannis in the finals. Um, but Giannis was a too damn good to be stopped, and B, Giannis. The only way to stop Giannis is to make him spin into a charge. That's how you stop him. Make him get him into foul trouble. Make him second guess his his spidey moves and Aiden wouldn't do that. Aiden wouldn't draw a charge and, and Giannis led the league in charges and he didn't get hardly any charges in the finals because the Suns let him off the hook. Jay Crowder, the only thing Jay Crowder could have done, he just got manhandled by Giannis, but Jay, Jay would have at least drawn charges. And that's the thing is, is you've got to get Giannis into his own head and make him stop from his spidey spins and then uh and then then you can control him a little bit more make him take mid-rangers because he's worried about drawing another foul um that was the only thing i would say about aiden otherwise i thought aiden did as well as he possibly could being put on an island against Giannis in the in those finals so yeah yeah all right um I have one more worry about the season, and then we're going to let you guys go. I apologize for keeping you over, but I thank you for staying with me. One more question. Um, Do you have any concerns over the disease of me, meaning every single player fit their role happily last year because they wanted to win games? Now, 
do you think any of these players or too many of these players are going to now be a little bit more worried about how many touches they have this year because they know if I got three more touches, we'd win even more games? Or do you think they're all going to come in in line because it's Monty and Chris Paul running the team? Dwayne, you go first. I think if you, it, it depends on the on the wins and losses. If they're winning, it, it, again, it won't matter. DeAndre will sacrifice his offense. Other guys will accept the roles. If they're winning, yes. If they're losing, then you might have a couple saying, you know what, remember last year when I was in, when I did this, I did that, or I was able to do this, or we, we ran it this way. Yeah, I, I think that's when you, you can see the, the issues. But I, I'm more inclined to believe that when you do what they did out of nowhere, in a sense, that it isn't like two, three years in where you've done it like this. And then now you're like, hey, man, I, I, I look, but man, you know, I did my thing. You know, it wasn't. Now I need mine. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I, th- I think that's when you, you see it, but more so. But when, you know, this is, hey, look, you, you came out of nowhere. So, let, you know, if, if you're the sons, you're like, hey, you know, we, we, we know what works here. We know what worked. Let's stick with this until it doesn't, and then we'll make the adjustment. But it, for, for certain guys to be thinking, hey, man, I deserve this or I deserve that, or I, I need more touches or we need to run it this way. Um, now, contracts, if you're looking at that, okay, Aiden, extension, bridges, the extent. Now, if guys in their head start thinking, if that's in the head, okay, well, you know, you look, man, I, I, I didn't get it. You know, when you, we could have locked this up mm-hmm. and then it, it isn't going well, then you might see some issues with guys maybe thinking about, you know, where they stand as far as that goes. But as far as on the floor, I mean, if, if they're winning games, I, I don't I don't see that being an issue. Because the mindset, which I believe it is, the mindset is get back to the finals. However that's got to be done, however we got to do that, let's get back to the finals and then finish what we finish, 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 finish that the right way. That was crazy. I, I keep going back to that. You know, guys like they were up 2 0 in that series. They were up 2 0. They were up 2 0 in the series. And it was looking easy. Yeah. You know, it was looking easy. Like, like Giannis had the huge game, too. Mm-hmm. It didn't even matter that he had 40 and 20. <laughs> we're sitting, you're sitting there, you're like, damn, they're going to win this thing. Yeah. You know, because if Giannis is going off and they're still beating them, like they're gonna win this thing. They were two wins away from get so so if you're two wins away from winning the finals and you were up 2-0, it's hard for me to sit here and think, well, let me get selfish now. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how you can do that if your goal is to win a championship. What do you think, Cody? I think you made some great points, Dwayne. I think, yeah, when you're winning, it's so much easier to buy in to your role. And I think another part of this is that, uh, you know, that that mindset of, like, I've got to get mine, part of it is like a personal pride with guys that they, 
you know, they believe in themselves. They think they can contribute. Right. And another part of it, I think, is the is the money aspect that they know that their next contract coming up, you know, it's going to depend a lot about what kind of numbers they're putting up. Right. So I think if they can get these Mikhail and DeAndre Aiden extensions taken care of, I think that will make it a lot easier for those guys to just buy into their role. They know they're not playing for a contract. They're just, they're out there trying to help the team. So I'm really hoping that next couple of days, hopefully even before media day in two days, maybe they'll announce those deals, which I assume, you know, they've been negotiated and they're just waiting to announce, but you know, we haven't heard anything yet. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dwayne. I really appreciate it. Thank you for staying over on the time you offered today. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. Tell us how people can find you. The Dwayne Rankin on Twitter, D-U-A-N-E-R-A-N-K-I-N. DNR is capitalized, but, you know, you, you can find it anyway. You know, on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram, I'm Rank Barnes. That's something I knew I started, and uh, that's a little more personal stuff on that as opposed to sons and NBA and things of that nature. So uh, I, I would go into detail about what ranked Barnes means, but then I would have to dig into some childhood stuff and I'm not going to do that here. You already got my questions. You're not getting that. Right? I'm not going to get your whole childhood either. You're not, you're not, you're not getting that information. So, I got you. Yeah, yeah. You already did what you're going to ask. <laughs> all right thank you so much Dwayne. we appreciate right, you joining us today all right fellas. uh yeah thanks <laughs> yeah all right cody uh let's just do a quick wrap up uh thank you everybody for staying on with us um i did promise that i would read five-star reviews um on apple podcast they let you leave a review um and i got a really we got a really good one this week um from Christopher. And it's titled Dave King Slays. Hey, man, I got I to gotta give myself love. Nobody else does, right? I've loved the podcast since the beginning. And now that it's revamped with Dave King running the show, it's as good, if not better. Glad Espo and Saul are still doing Suns Talk. Um, that's on PHNX Suns. You guys should check that out. Uh, but Dave has taken this opportunity and crushed it. So much great info. Awesome guests every episode. And he's really good at keeping your attention peaked. Wow. Can't go wrong with this pod. One of my top three no-order favorites on Phoenix Suns pod. Stat me, Dave. Thank you so much. Look, man, I'm, I'm not too proud to say all these reviews online. Thank you. If you want to leave me a review, I'll let you. I'll, I'll read it online. Um, I appreciate all the love on the, on the, on the Apple podcast, the, the comments on the reviews. But anywhere you get your podcast, all of this plus all my midweek shows as well are up there. And, um, and thank you again for joining us. Um, all right, Cody, tell us where they can find you on Twitter. Find me at, or at anywhere at CO underscore D hunt, uh, code D hunt. I don't have anything to plug except if you noticed, I'm wearing this very beautiful shirt, uh, which yes. was designed by a friend of ours, Craig a Hamill. So I just want to plug his work. He does really awesome work. Uh, this is one of my favorite shirts of his that I own. So if you want to look at his stuff, fi- follow him on Twitter, Craig a Hamill. And, uh, he has an account with Redbubble and where he sells a lot of his cool designs and shirts, stickers, you name it. I love how you, you, uh, promote Craig more than you promote yourself. That's a, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good person right there. All right. Uh, you can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. 
You can find all my writing work. I've got a whole website, brightsideofthesun.com. Um, and uh, that we've got a dozen writers who, who if you if you like reading stuff as well as, as listening and watching, definitely go to brightsideofthesun.com. Um, and I that's it. That's all I gotta say. Follow me on the on the podcast, follow me on YouTube like you're already doing. What read the work. And I appreciate your time. Y'all have a great weekend and I'll be back to you after media day. Thank you so much for joining us, Cody. See you guys.